In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's right. The boys are back in town and I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright. How are you, Jack? I'm good. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be back. It's, it's been a crazy, crazy period, but uh, no, not much going on Browns wise, but we're here. Yeah, guys, we're just taking a bit of time off just to uh, downtime, just because the draft was very intense, but we're coming back. And as soon as the OTAs officially start, we'll be back to a uh, podcast every day Ian, how are you buddy i'm good i'm good yeah you're right i think you know a lot of the of the people out there understand the you know the kind of the toll and the tax it takes putting together all the data and jack writing his articles and covering drafts and prospects and you know it, it's a lot of time demand so once the draft's over you kind of got to unplug and i can't imagine being like dame brugler it's like hey by the way here's my family again so, yeah it's been good and you know Luckily for us, there's just not a lot going on. I mean, it's all this Browns Twitter trade talk, and now all of a sudden, you know, we can't agree on – I mean, it's just – it's. I had to log off Twitter for a couple of days. It was just madness. All right, guys. Well, look, there's some breaking news going on right now by Linda Jones, a Browns player tested positive for COVID-19 before on-field work today. So, guys – you know, a few others have been sent home as well. Any ideas who that player could be just by using some simple uh, detective work? No, no idea who it is. It'll probably come out tomorrow. Um, they can't, the teams can't say who it is, um, but it always gets leaked about 24 hours later. Yeah. It but it can't be Baker's Baker playing golf. Yeah, it's not any of the big guys. But yeah. it's one of those things. It could be a false positive. Somebody that could be Andy Genovich in there working out. You never know. But if they're coming in the building, they got to get tested. Somebody got flagged, sent home. You know, I know that a lot of the guys have been through either the first round of vaccinations or the second round of vaccinations. But we're not a vaccination podcast. That gets too controversial. So we'll get on to what we do best, and that's talk about football. Some uh, divisional news. Joe Burrows in the building for the Bengals. Are we a little bit concerned about what they're doing at the Bengals or are we all quite relaxed? I, I don't, I'm not concerned for 2021 with what the Bengals are up to because, yeah, they're going to give us a tough challenge than they have in the past, but they're, they're building a good team. They have a probably the arguably the most talented young wide receiver core in the division. I, I wouldn't say you're looking at any other three there going, these guys are young and they're really, really talented. Whereas you certainly say that with them. Um, I, I think that's a really strong position there. They're starting to add some more talent elsewhere. Um, they're still a year away from probably a winning record, but they're doing it the right way. Um, so I, I think they're ones that could compete um, long-term um, if Burrow continues to play well. In any views of that, buddy? I think that Bengals offense is going to be tough. I mean, they got a quarterback and they got weapons. And last year, you know, I was watching Burrow and the Browns in that first game. 
And I'm telling you, he, I mean, he can play. I mean, he can make throws. And now that he's got weapons, the biggest worry I have is that defense is going to give up 40. So the pressure is going to constantly be on Burrow to put up numbers. But with Mixon and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and, you know, all those guys, I mean, they got, they got weapons. So defenses are going to be tested when they play the Bengals. And I don't think anybody saw Joe Burrow last year start going, well, he's quickly going to become, you know, in running with Baker for the best quarterback in this division. Yeah, and it was funny, everyone hyping up Trey Hendrickson as like one of the, the best edge on the market this offseason. I thought he was good. I, I didn't think he was going to be that great. Well, yeah, Brown's Twitter, he was the number one guy. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what he actually does. I don't think it's going to be as resounding as people were hoping it would be. Um, but it's, it's one we'll be able to see there. Guys, a total of 19 NFL teams are kicking off their OTAs today. I put a poll out there today asking the question, do you think the Browns players should be back for OTAs, yes or no? Guess what the percentage is? 80% yes. Jesus Christ, Jack. It's almost like you can read my mind. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. How many people voted? It's a lot. Uh, nearly 500. Oh, wow. Um, no, I, I personally do think they should be there. Um, I've got no issue with the NFLPA negotiating it out um, because they decide they push for it that say, hey, we don't want people there. And if they want to do that, then do that in the negotiations. It wasn't something that they pushed for in the negotiations. And then they've decided, hey, let's not everyone turn up. And this is all right for some players that the money's not that important to them. Or if you're one of these older players, then you don't want the youngsters there because then they're in a position to potentially take your job. But the issue is, if you're away from the facility and you get hurt, it's a non-football injury. doesn't matter if you're training with teammates somewhere else in America. It's a non-football injury because you're not at camp or within the facility. And that's your entire money at risk. So let's take David Njoku, a great example, because he's in the last year of his contract. If he goes down, they're going to turn around and go, right, we're not going to pay you that six million. It's a non-football injury. You're not protected for that. We're going to cut you. So David Njoku goes from what he should be a six million salary this year to nothing. Can't play this year if, he's, if it is an injury out for the whole year. And he's a free agent next year. That is a lot of risk. And... I've got no issue with the NFLPA going and negotiating this, but when they're actively telling people not to go and train with the team, which protects their income, this is people's livelihoods that they're playing with. And yes, for smaller players, it's very, very beneficial because the less rookies that come into the league, the more the older players get paid. It's why the rookie wage scale is really, really popular with veterans because the less the rookies get paid, the veterans get more money. And I just think this is a really dangerous position because it's okay talking about it in theory, but when players start losing millions and Juwan James for the Broncos lost all 10 million, um, it's, it's really impacts some of these players' lives because that could be an injury where... David Njoku saying is never able to go and play. Yeah, he's, he's probably earned a fair bit in his first four years, but he's on course for a life-chasing contract, loses all the money from his fifth-year option and might then not get paid after that. So for senior figures in the NFL and the NFLPA to tell players not to turn up and ask them to collectively fight for this, I think is wrong. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Jack. It's listen, I'm not doubting JC Treader and his abilities. I mean, how the guy went to Cornell and has his degree and, you know, basically negotiating labor contracts, but you're right. Like if I was on the Cleveland Browns and obviously it's easy for me to say, you know, you live in the Cleveland area in some capacity, you have an apartment, you have a house, you have a condo, you have something. And if the only difference is I have to run on my treadmill at home or go to a trainer or I can just go into the facility, like I get it. These guys want to be able to travel and go to LA and California or LA and Arizona and Florida. They want to see the world and they have the abilities with their financial resources to do it all. But in the same sense, it is a job and you are required to follow certain rules. And I get the idea like, oh, it's not fair, but how, if, all of a sudden they started guaranteeing contracts to people that got hurt outside of football. Well, how do you know he was training? for? How do you know he wasn't like Braylon Edwards running across the field barefoot and cut a tendon in his foot, just being a jackass. Like we don't know that. And yes, there's an honor system to it, but like at the end of the day, if Jawan James, you know, wasn't training and $10 million was on the line, you think he would have just come out and been like, you know, guys, I know it's 10 million bucks, but I wasn't doing what I should have been doing. So I, I'm not eligible for so the teams need a little protection as well. And, you know, I, I agree. Telling players to not go in there for a safety thing, to me, I feel, I feel like I'd be more safe in the facility than away from the facility, honestly. So that's why that argument just doesn't hold water. And I'm sure people will disagree. And by all means, come at us on, you know, online. I'd love to get into an intelligent discussion. Just make sure if you come, come with good faith. I don't want any people just coming in claiming isms and is. Like, if you have a legit point, you know, bring it up to us. I'd love to hear it because to me, it just kind of sounds very selfish from these veteran players. Uh, another quick, interesting stat. This should get a bit of conversation going. Browns have the 10th best betting odds to land Falcons, Julio Jones via trade. Oh. Source per points bet USA. What's your view on that, Jack? So it's nowhere near the group of sort of, there's three favourites and everyone else is miles off. Um, the, could they go out and get Julio? Yes, 100%. Second round pick in the next draft, we'll, we'll probably get it done. What does that mean? It means cutting Jarvis Landry. Um, the talk that, hey, let's give them a third or a fourth and Jarvis Landry, the Falcons' main number one issue is they have no cap space. So they don't want a cap-heavy player back. They'd probably take a rookie. If you wanted to give them a player, hey, two years in that is looking quite good and on cost-controlled, that's certainly something they'd probably be willing to do. Like Anthony Schwartz. Like Anthony Schwartz, right? Like a rookie. Yeah. If you wanted to give them Anthony Schwartz in a third, that that could possibly work. Um, But they don't want Jarvis Landry. They don't want David Njoku. They don't want old dudes. They, they need young, they've got to be in their sort of two years, first two years of the NFL, um, really, really fresh because they need to create the cap space. Um, would I want to give up a second for Julio Jones? I'm not sure I would because here's the issue. He's older. There is, a, there is still a decline once you get older with a wide receiver. He could play one year and get an injury and go, I'm done. Uh, he probably won't, but there's no guarantee with that. And if we look at the wide receivers we've seen hit in the second round year after year after year after year, the vast majority have been really, really good. And I'm happy to wait a year and let's take that wide receiver in the second round. And if, if 
you then want to move on from one of the, the big two names in the room, then happy days. Um, now give me a rookie next year and um, we'll roll with it. I think our wide receiver room, yes, it, the two highly paid players aren't playing to that pay level, but the guys below them, I think three to sort of five is really, really good with Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Schwartz, um, and even Hodge. Hodge as a sixth wide receiver is probably up there with the best of any sixth wide receiver in the NFL. So I think we match any team going from three to six. Yeah, we just need to upgrade one and two. I think the simple point you make, Jack, is that we need to develop receivers under the old guys. So bringing in Julio stunts the growth of the young guys. Like we need them out there. Yes. Is Julio Jones, when he's healthy, a great receiver? Yes. But on this team, we don't need three or two or whatever, whether you have Landry or not, that's, I'm not even going to get into that. You don't need all these old receivers. Like I want to see what the guys beneath them can do. So giving up a future asset, like a second, I mean, yes, you had an Austin Corbett as a second, but you also had a Nick Chubb. So like if Nick Chubb isn't resigning here, you know, you're going to have these holes that you need to fill. I don't want to fill it with a 32 year old guy who literally claims oh, I'm only about winning. Okay. Well, how do we know him and Odell get along? Like, how do we know? Like we don't. So I just don't see the value of it. It makes no sense. Your point about the veterans and the young person is the one to go with it. I want to see the young guys. I like the prop. I want to see them more. Yeah. He's an upgrade to Landry. There's no one that's going to sensibly with a straight face debate that, Landry is better than Julio Jones. Is that upgrade worth a second round pick? For me, no. Um, and that's where the the argument comes in. We're not playing Madden where you can just put out an offer and go, yeah, good player, good player, that'll do. Um, so no, it just it makes no legitimate sense. Um, he's going to go somewhere. Um, I, I think an interesting one could be that sort of um, 49ers for Brandon Ayuk. And lots Charged. of people. Washington, if he's willing to go within the division, I think could be. Like he said winning, and I don't think Washington. I, I just have a funny feeling him and the Chargers makes a lot of sense. Well, we're a Browns podcast. Let's stay focused on the Browns. To, fit, to, to finalize the podcast, my flight's now booked to America. I'm flying to Chicago for 10 days, traveling to Kansas City and to the Cleveland Browns and working in Chicago in between. So fingers crossed I could uh, get everything sorted out. Well, we'll have to link up with our boys there at the Chicago Browns backers. And uh, obviously, most of you know, that is my Habitat scene. So uh, maybe we'll do some live podcasts from, uh, from the same area. All right, guys. For me, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.